So Aaron got me on this idea that we should just roll through into the intros without a countdown to keep it all nice and organic. And, right. uh, I'm trying to figure out like how to... Has, has he been listening to the Nerdist? I, I don't that's know. That's how those shows go. I assume, What I'm trying to figure out is how to make this my idea and not Aaron's idea. What the f*** is going on down there? Uh, how's that? How's that book coming that you're writing? Hey, are we record? Are we going? We we already have been for a couple minutes. Oh, welcome, okay. welcome to WTF at TFW. Boy, I wish I didn't say all that racist stuff a minute ago. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, every every platform has an audience, apparently. Um, welcome to episode five one five of uh, WTF at TFW. Um, Seth, how you doing? I don't know. I guess I have to do a show with Jordan Peterson now. Uh, no, you know what makes me super <laughs> mad is whenever I realize, right, that guy lives in Toronto as well and sounds like a friggin' Canadian, and it's the... Anyway. I, I never really dove that deep on the guy, um, but, like, I, I would see clips of him on Rogan, and he'd be talking about stuff where I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And, um, Hugo and Jake on YouTube have started a series like deep diving on the dude mm. and wow he's a monster i didn't realize <laughs> yep <laughs> thanks hugo and jake <laughs> the way that guy entered the headlines in toronto already made me dislike him and then i forgot about it and then i found out it was the same guy and i was like oh right of course now he has a friggin platform but that aside uh um, no politics in the thread Bye. Yeah. thank you uh seth we suddenly got a bunch of news um oh, and that's even more div divisive news that's ignoring the part where we also have the bumblebee trailer to talk about that me and tj and aaron were unable to talk about because we all had to record the day before it dropped and uh, -huh. uh we all thought it like maybe this is mostly me hammering it into them beforehand i don't know but i was pretty sure i was like well it's the first trailer it could be 20 seconds and i just don't want to sit there and talk about 20 seconds of footage but it wasn't. It was a fully fledged trailer with lots of stuff in it. And uh, it it made waves in the social media side of the fandom, at least. I didn't actually read any of the board threads, I admit. But it had this whole uh, this positive effect because it didn't look like it was a movie made by a, a blithering goon. Um, <laughs> to, to, to put it succinctly, like Michael Bay's got vision. He's got directorial chops. He also often seems to not like the part where he has to have robots in the movie. And the director of Bumblebee, uh, Travis Knight, I believe, seems to actually be really into having a robot character in the movie, which is a super nice change of pace and a weird thing to say after 10 years of Transformers movies. But uh, Seth... I, I saw you were you were there with the rest of us the day the trailer dropped. Uh, how'd you feel about the thing? Uh, well, I think what I said to one person on Twitter was I liked it, but I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that I really like, though, is at least in some of the shots we saw of Bumblebee. Um, actually, I guess in all the shots we saw of Bumblebee, like he clearly had two different vehicle modes at some point because mm -hmm. his body is very different looking in one of the shots yeah but yeah. even then 
uh, he has lots of large, solid yellow parts to him. Yeah. And he's not just a sh- pile of sharp knives, which makes it way easier to see on the screen. <laughs> yes. C- combined with the fact that like the shots of the robot, they're not just lingering on him, but they are slow constructed shots that feature the robot. They feel like the shots were shot in order to feature a CG element rather than having the robots added in afterwards, which Mm -hmm. is what a lot of the Michael Bay shots tend to feel like, which then also makes the robots feel like props. Uh, Obviously, Bumblebee's face is still very movie like, but it also seems just just through its eye movements was emoting more than usual. Um this is a fast I think going to be a fascinating film no matter how it turns out because you know clearly and I don't think this is anything that is really implied so much as like blatant this movie was going to be a prequel in a more cinematic universeized Michael Bay Transformers universe which no longer exists uh but the film still was partly made there were reshoots stuff was altered but this film is going to be like DNA of that old universe, along with probably a whole lot of fresh ideas once it it was not divorced from it, but once it no longer had that responsibility of representing that universe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, the, some of the leftovers being that really that that strangely tasteful, but also oddly tasteless use of Bernie Max lines from the 2007 Transformers movie. Yeah, the audio <laughs> effect they put on it was weird, too. Yeah. Um, like, it was like supposed to be like this faraway echoey kind of sound, which was fine until he got to the last word of any sentence when there was a pause, because then it echoed in a weird, like, someone who doesn't know how to audio edit very well way. Or depending, because I, I haven't listened to that scene in a long time, so I didn't check, but I wonder if also that was a an artifact of, like, we also have to remove Shia LaBeouf's interjections and responses from this whole bit. Uh, I don't know. I can't actually remember the scene that well, so, you know. The, but yeah, it, the whole, that was a thing I could have done without. It was a not only a reminder of movies that are that are behind us now, but also, like, it, they presented that stuff as like this wistful wisdom when it was like Bernie Mac's character was kind of a gag character. Yeah. And it's hard to parse that with the way he presented them. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, wasn't exactly the Yoda of the first Transformer movie. <laughs> no, he was Bobby Bolivia, the used car dealer. Uh, who cursed at an old woman <laughs> yes <laughs> um so there's i think the whole film is probably going to be i don't think it's going to be literally like you know the ghost of the bay the Bayverse or whatever i think it's going to very much be travis knight's film and i still haven't seen uh kubo and the two strings which i believe is the name of the film i really uh-huh. i want to have the i think unique experience of bumblebee being my first movie by the guy and then i'll go see the other one that is acclaimed uh, just cause I, I want to see it in, in reverse order. Cause I, I have the opportunity. I did the same thing with, well, no, I didn't, I was going to do, and will still do the same thing with avatar, the last airbender. I'm going to see the Shyamalan movie first, uh, and then watch the cartoon series. Um, <laughs> I have a reason, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, the trailer, um, had a lot of parallels, I think as well to Oh seven transformers in that there was like this kind of neat, reveal transformation thing for bumblebee with with really creative stuff like you know working in the thing that's on all the toys where if you look under the car on a transformers toy you're probably going to see tons of robot 
Yeah. Um, I love that though. Like it was knowing it was, it, it felt like it came from a place of understanding where this is, where the roots of this is, uh, in an uncynical way. And it, it still had that wonder of the first time Optimus transformed in the 07 movie. And, and then it ended in this much better framed shot of the girl and Bumblebee. And then Bumblebee having this moment of like, or this, 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 this inter- interchange between the two that was like, Oh, what it, someone on Twitter said it. It was it was kind of specific how she said, "Who are you? Not what are you?" Uh, and it, it's, the whole thing came off like, "Hey, this movie might be about characters, and that would be really neat <laughs> and novel." Um, so I'm kind of rambling here, but um, yeah, um, like I kind of, I kind of wish he didn't look so much like face wise like the Bay thing. Mm -hmm. um i really wish this was more of a restart than this weird like orphaned prequel now Mm -hmm. because um the because then like right after that like bumblebee's like huddling in a corner away from her Mm -hmm. and in the last movie we see like old film footage a bumblebee just jacking nazi soldiers yeah so (laughs) it's like (laughs) It's like, wait, so Bumblebee was this cold-blooded soldier himself, and now he's like, oh my god, a human girl. So I I, I had that presented to me um, directly on Twitter by someone, and I was like, I think that the, the, the lesson of this film as it is now is going to be... And, and I would have said this, I think, even if it was supposed to be a prequel, it would have been like, let's let's not worry about about the notion of character continuity, because the films never did or did yeah. inadvertently. It is funny uh, to like to put this in the timeline presented by the last night. Um, but I, I think I think it's it's for the best that there's already that dissonance. Um, and it's even better now that this no longer has to necessarily be a, a part of that timeline. Uh, what, what I will say that surprised me is. Because I wasn't, I, I didn't think I'd be into it. I kind of feel this is the first time the movie Bumblebee Face actually works for me without all of my jokes I make up about that character. Uh huh. Um, because it it does work with the body, and it works for you know a an injured kind of kind of frightened alien. Um, more so than it did when they they tried to do that for like a couple minutes and then had him doing backflips and just killing stuff and then also making beep boop noises uh i wish he was talking i'm tired of yes uh, i'm tired (laughs) of the mute bumblebee gimmick but like i say that and i and i'll say that and i will also say as an olive branch to someone who's clearly a talented director it seems like the movie is actually making use of that idea a hundred times more thoughtfully than the Michael Bay movies ever did. And I don't know. I know that for me, it's fatigue of 10 years of this idea. And I don't know if it's really fair of me to put that onto the director. Now that he's showing such a good um, uh, opening hand with the film, I would like it more if Bumblebee talked, but this is, this seems like it's actually using that idea. Well, so I want to, I want to see what they do. Um, Yeah. It's just, I don't, like I kind of I kind of see like an a mandate coming down from mm. the producers. You have to keep this radio gimmick going for his voice because people remember that 
and we don't want to confuse people with Bumblebee being able to talk when they know him as only talking through the radio, yeah. completely ignoring all the other decades of Transformers <laughs> media where Bumblebee talked. That they're only concerned with the movie audience, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it never made sense to me. Like it was a gimmick. Yeah. And there was never a reason for it. Like, I don't understand why it was ever a thing. The, the except for somebody thought maybe it'll be funny. The, the idea that, that, and I think that part of the reason why it's working is this movie is leaning into this a whole lot. Um, someone told me that like, and, and it's true. Um, it gives him an ET quality where he's like, he's in, in a way a sort of a puppy who must be cared for, uh, which, which, you know, it does induce a lot of empathy. And so obviously having a story now that seems to regard empathy as a, as a thing that exists as opposed to the Bay movies, it's coming across a lot more strongly. Um, I also feel like I've got to add, even though this was not me, but I, I can't deny this in 07, a lot of people really liked that part of the 07 movie who were not Transformers fans. Um, I recall a lot of critics saying that that the part where the Transformer couldn't speak was one of their favorite parts of the whole film. Um, and so, I, you know... I hate these talking robots. <laughs> it, it seems to Make resonate... Make it all 2D2. <laughs> it seems to resonate with a lot of normal folks, I guess I'll say. And so I, I, you know, I can't deny its effectiveness. It's just like, obviously, you know... If I had my druthers, it would be at best he can't talk at first and then he gains his voice back by the third act. Um, also, he's, you know, he's a VW, you know, some of the, the obvious things. He's a VWB. He's also probably a Jeep. Um, one of the big moments from that trailer for a lot of folks, though, was that shot of a jet turning into a robot who isn't Bumblebee. Uh, and, uh, there's been some, apparently in some test screenings, some, some people leaked out from test screenings that even though that looked a lot like a Starscream, apparently that is Ramjet. Uh, okay. which, you know what? Fine. Like uh, this is the last there. It was six years ago. I think when we last had our final moment to really be annoyed about the idea of the names not really matching up. So like I it, given how well the tone of this trailer played out I'm like I just don't have it in me to care if that Starscream or Ramjet it just looked very good um and specifically that shot of the jet turning into the robot um to to use my own tweet it it it's 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 laid out it's blocked like an anime speed lines focus shot in a way that like is so obvious when you have a jet turning into a robot it's so nice that this director like sees obvious stylistic choices to make that that match the very specific source material that don't kind of shove this idea into a conventional Hollywood idea where they're like, well, if it's if this crazy thing's happening, what if we just shove the camera through the robot while it's transforming so that the audience has no idea what the hell's going on? Uh, it was a really good shot, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and probably this, the other biggest talking point of that trailer for a lot of Transformers fans. Seth, how do you feel about the, the jet and, and it's, well, I was just scrubbing my way through the trailer to bring it up. Yeah. Like I had heard people or heard, I had seen people on Twitter referring to it as both Starscream and Ramjet. Mm -hmm. And I, I hadn't heard about that leak part. I missed that. Yeah. News. Um, and it's a test screening who knows, so, you know? Yeah. So I just thought it was a debate. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with it being either way. 
Um, like I totally could have seen them using Starscream because this is in the past and the the impression from the first movie was both Bumblebee and Starscream had been on Earth for a while. Mm-hmm. So it would have made sense if they had run into each other. Yeah. Um and then the 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 colors work either way. Like my first thought was, oh snap, it's Starscream and actually Starscream colors. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but then when I heard Ramjet, I was like, uh well, that, that's fine too that also works yeah um but they they seem to have worked a lot more of the the traditional seeker aesthetic into it yes like it, it looks like his wings are coming off his back it looks like a gun is coming up out of his arm um instead of his arm just being a gun yeah and, um, and he's got the uh the head shape of the seeker helmet to a certain degree yeah. he's got the ears and the the kind of the top of the head triple vents yeah, and he doesn't have like the big intakes coming up off his shoulders, but those red lines kind of invoke that. Yeah. Um and it looks like he's going to have a canopy on his chest. I mean, well, movie Starscream did too, but um yeah, like the, these these details make me cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um like <clears throat> this is the most optimistic I've felt since the second movie. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I it's just been like, well, they're going to screw this up, too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's nice to, to to not feel like this is doomed from the start. Uh, yeah, I, I think that because some people were. um, How do I put this? It's not the right word, but you know, in short, disturbed by the positive feeling after after a day or two where it's like it's like. <laughs> What it, but, I don't but, understand. But there's, there's nothing, I don't understand not being angry. <laughs> there's nothing that indicates this movie is actually going to be great. And it's like, no, there isn't. I think that it's like we're we as a fandom in and I don't even want to say that because there are fans of the of every single movie. And, and I don't want to deny anyone being part of this. So, like, I think we as just like as a vocal chunk of the fandom had had a grown so accustomed to just like looking at these things with like just the most dour bucket of cynicism poured down the back of our shirt every trailer drop and then like it's just such a it's such a breath of fresh air to see just this hint of a directorial vision that you know among other things you know as i said before seems to be into the idea of the robots as characters and also when you look at how that jet transforms frame by frame and and and, you know how they have bumblebee's head visible under you know the underside of his car mode they don't seem embarrassed by the toy part either it feels like the the folks working on this film are unembarrassed and in some ways even kind of embracing where Transformers comes from at its very core, which is its toys. Um, and I think that I said this, you know, five years ago, the Lego movie really proved you don't have to be embarrassed that you your your source material is toys. You can still create a great film out of that. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to couch it in you know shards of metal etc um so i I think that like like for me i'm i my expectations are currently set at pacific rim 2 uprising for this film which is i expect there will be lots of moments i really enjoy and i am going to be unsurprised if there is some decision made somewhere in the film that really lets me down for the rest of it (laughs) uh and so, you know, I think I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm, I I know I will enjoy myself the way I enjoyed myself for, you know, the last five Transformers movies. 
I feel like I'm going to actually have good feelings about the script on this one or even the performances. And I, I cautiously feel my cautious thing is I don't think I'm going to be angry at an, uh, an executive afterwards. I don't think I'm going to be sitting there going like, wow, if only if not for X, Y and Z, this would have been palatable. It's it's probably going to be more like, hey, that was pretty cool. It was flawed. It was kind of a kid's movie, um, but like not in a bad way, just in, you know, there, there's a ceiling to it. Um, I feel like the weakest part of the film is going to be John Cena, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Yeah, I keep uh, hearing people say John Cena's in the trailer, but I I didn't see him. He was. Yeah, there's a one of one of the in the last bit when they have the kind of like boom, boom, boom shots. One of them is just John Cena. I've looked several times and I I can't see him. I'll send you a link to the screen cap of his shot. Uh he I was about to say he doesn't really look like John Cena in it, but no, he does. I'm looking at his ears now. He's got his big silly John Cena ears. Uh, is he one of the guys in the back? No, he's he's the one right in the front. You see him there? You see you see that, him? like older looking guy in front of the Jeep? No, no, you see do you see the headless suit standing next to him? No, I don't see anything. Damn it. It looks like nothing to me. Damn it. You've been got. You're part of the um You're part of the Illuminati. The oh. thug thug life. That's that's an old gimmick. What's the thing? How long on? did it take you to figure out what I was doing? I actually don't remember because I started rolling <laughs> and I I don't remember where the the barrier is anymore. Uh, because when you offered to send me a picture, I was like, "Ooh, I don't think he gets it." <laughs> I wonder how long I could keep this going for. At some point, I turned into a willing participant, and I actually don't remember when. But the, you know what? I think it was. I think it was after I refused to acknowledge he was in that still shot. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> actually wait a second oh my god he's in another shot too alright I'm going to stop looking at these still frames there's nothing to gain from this uh, what's on his little uh, stupid t- towel that he brought out to his l- you know, this, the, d- the tiny dinky towel that he brings out in his entrance what does it say on it uh, doesn't it usually say hustle loyalty and respect right I was going to say something about hustle and then I forgot what all the words were and then I said you were part of thug life and that Anyway, so well, that's his old gimmick. Yeah, that this that this last like forty that seconds was, was before for me. he was an art a marine. Yeah. Speaking of which, I really want to catch up on the Marine series because I only ever saw the John Cena one, and I really want to see the Miz saga. Um, mm, I think there's somebody in between. Is there? I, I, I haven't seen any of the movies, but I think somebody did. In after Cena, but before Miz, I think there was somebody. Oh my god, guess who the lead of the Marine 2 was? Randy Orton. Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? I forgot that he exists. So I think it was I think it was maybe offered to Randy Orton, but he sort of had a he he was in the actual Marines, but like something bad happened. Yeah. And then it was like maybe it's not a good idea to have this guy that was like kicked out of the actual Marines, play a Marine, <laughs> or something. And I don't know what the deal was, and I could be making all that up, so don't quote me. I, I won't. I, I will not. Yeah, um, but I, one one of the things about this movie that makes me uh, feel more positive about it is I, as long as they keep the robots, like if let's just assume it's Ramjet and the the, the leaks were right. Um, mm-hmm. 
as long as Bumblebee and Ramjet have enough large solid color blocks on them that I can process their images on the screen as individual characters, I'll be much happier than I have been. Yeah. I, th- I think even if it's like, because I mean, when you look at the stills of probably Ramjet, he certainly is a little bit more metal shardy than Bumblebee, except that like, it's like, well, if the Decepticons are a little bit more metal shardy and Bumblebee isn't, then at least there is like a um, a tonal reason for it, you know? It's like, well, the f- and if the stills are only from the trailer, it's, you're only dealing with, what, a second and a half? Yeah. That's all pretty close up. And, and yet- it, it doesn't give you a full look at it at the body. So I think it's a little too soon to judge how metal shardy he is. I, I, I do want to say, though, like, and I really need to highlight this jet, the shot of the jet transformation again. There is no transformation in the Michael Bay films that ever made me feel this good. Uh, as that transformation did in its layout. Uh, The fact that you can see the jet is flying in. It's not speed lines, but it's basically the real-life version of speed lines with the the, the trees blowing by. The cockpit is in focus. The jet is forced in, rule of thirds. As he transforms, the cockpit folds forward just like a toy uh, in a good way. The head reveals, filling in the same spot in the screen that the cockpit was in. So we're still looking at the right spot without having to do work. Uh, he moves forward, raises his fist. It's out of focus. His face is in focus. The shot is extremely well well structured, um, and it, it and tells me a whole lot, at least visually, about what is to come in a way that makes me very happy. Uh, There's a nice little heat wave distortion behind his head partway through that shot too yeah uh just the use of focus the heat wave distortion the even just the way the parts of the jet are moving they are all in service of the audience you know like they're they're the transformation is designed and presented in a way that helps us see it which is is the complete opposite of every michael bay movie transformation for the most part they were always like we're going to have the model transform. We're going to move the camera. And it's kind of like, you're going to have to be part of this juggling act to figure out what's going on. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it just makes me very pleased that someone who likes robots is working on this. Um, I wonder if Bumblebee doesn't start as a Jeep and is working with the army to sort of tie into, um, like he he was in world war ii kind of a thing Mm -hmm. stuff goes bad like maybe they weren't expecting ramjet and ramjet like kicks his ass around and he has to go into hiding as a volkswagen yeah like the impression i get from the scene in the garage is that bumblebee has been through some stuff and is probably freaked out um like yeah i don't think that's very subtle either i think it's really clearly the intention of the scene is like he was comatose. She woke him up and he's just like, who the, what are, huh? You know? And, <laughs> and he's probably been through some hard stuff. He's been in a war zone and he's just like, man, I just want to, I want to hang out with someone who's chill. You know, <laughs> I want a buddy. I'm tired. I'm tired of all these arms. And I, I got a feeling going by another shot here, like the shot where he's picking her up and like jumping away. I got uh-huh. a feeling John Cena and his army men are coming to pick up Bumblebee. They're like, Hey, you're supposed to be working for us. And Bumblebee's probably going like, yo, 
<laughs> this plot point from from Dark of the Moon. I'm going to now say this is screwed up. The part where the you the U.S. military wants me to work for you. I think this is screwed up. No. <laughs> oh, what year was this supposed to be in? Uh, just the 80s, I think. Nondescript the 80s. Because hmm. I also is this about the the gag at the end? With no, the it's about song? it's about the the army having Humvees. Oh, <laughs> good good point too. I I was I I just I don't know when those went into service. Yeah, so I I I just don't know. Because my my worry because I, I don't I just I never looked it up. I was sitting there going like, was the Rick Astley song from the right part of the eighties that makes sense for this? <laughs> Um, I think it was kind of late '80s, wasn't it? I don't know. I never actually looked it up. But also, I feel like a Rick Astley joke in 2018 is like probably the worst part of the trailer. But I'll get over it. It's like, yeah, you know, that's that internet joke. It's also it's very old. It's a very old internet joke. I could have done with, older than the movies. Yes, <laughs> I, I could have done with a different music gag. But you know, whatever. You know, I, 87. 87. Okay, I think so that's that's getting close to when I was at least aware of Humvees. So maybe Humvees were in service by 87. And if that's when this movie set around between 87 and 89. Yeah. What if, I mean, I don't know how clever it'll be. What if their whole thing is like, uh, it's it's the secret um experimental advanced part of the military and they're like this is our new tech our new technology like this is the latest in military hardware the humvee i think that'd be kind of funny well i know they were used in desert storm and that's when i was likely aware of them Hmm. and that's kind of around that time ish (laughs) i mean it was a few years later but yeah let me see. Now I'm super curious. While you're looking that up, I also want to throw out there, um, I am so far pretty impressed. I'm not blown away, but I'm pretty impressed by the performance of the lead character. Oh, um, they started using him in 1984. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. Okay. So well, fu- that's fine. <laughs> <We're all laughs> I just wasn't aware of them until way later. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to highlight, I think that the girl, um, the lead character, uh, whose character name I don't remember, and I, I don't know Shape of Water. Oh. Yes, that's a, that's a weird character name, but yes. Uh, I think she's doing a really good job um, for, you know, a trailer appearance. Like, she's kind of got two notes here because it's a trailer, but she is giving me decent vibes. The same way that uh, that the girl from last night gave me decent vibes in the trailer, and it, it panned through. She was she had a great performance in the film. It's a shame the film abandoned her after 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, given that this film seems less likely to abandon an entire plot line 20 minutes in, um it's it's also given me some hope that i'm gonna i'm gonna connect with the non-transformers characters which would be a great change of pace as well um to to not see human scenes as uh i guess i can go pee uh because nothing is happening that i really care about here um so yeah just there's a lot of optimism on this i'm feeling pretty good about it uh they also i believe had some reshoots um, I'm sure that Bumblebee's CG has been tweaked ever, like, at some point, um, you know, before, obviously we're seeing the final result, but I'm pretty sure that CG was probably tweaked to kind of be its own thing after they decided to ditch the movie-verse, and I, I bet you it's for the better, I bet you he didn't look this good, um, 
possibly even at that test screening, but I'm not really sure. I didn't I didn't read a lot of the test screening leak threads because I, I don't care enough. Um, but uh, Seth, did you have any other thoughts on this thing? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. It's out in Christmas, and I'm I'm actually kind of, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, expecting Pacific Rim 2 at worst. And that for me, that's not a bad thing. Um, I just want it to be a little bit better. If it's a little bit better, then it's a move in the right direction. I, You know what? I'm going to say it. I think it will be a little bit better at the least. <laughs> I will be astonished if it's not a little bit better. <laughs> uh yeah, I just have the trailer running here with the sound off. Yeah. And all the, like, the shot of Bumblebee running through the woods is, like, bullets are clearly going off behind him. Transforming, picking up the girl and jumping away. Like, he's solid enough that I can, de- like, tell what is he's doing and how he's moving and what his body parts are. Yeah, and the, so that's already so much better. And I, I would, what I would follow up with on that is if that model was given to the usual Michael Bay styling, I think that it would not be looking as good. I think that the way those shots are put together is also it's it's just the shots are a lot more calm, and obviously even the action shots they're not very calm shots, but they all have a slight they all have the the top edge shaved down to a nicer curve, so that it's not oppressive uh well and the camera's moving with the robot yeah that's what i mean instead of the camera doing its own thing and passing the robots by while they're doing whatever they're doing yeah like it's because before when i've said that the bay films especially the last couple came off rather oppressive in the way that they presented their action what i mean is i the audience member am being put under duress to follow what's going on um, even when I can follow it, it's aggressive at me in a way that like, I, I kind of like at times, but like an entire movie of that is a lot to deal with. And, uh, this is more polished. It's dialed back a bit, much the same way I would say Pacific Rim one dialed back the giant robot action so we could tell what was going on. Um, and it, the models are certainly a part of it, but I think that the, the direction of those shots and the composition is huge as well. So it's a uh, man, it's just it's nice. You know, it, it feels so fresh to care about the movies again um, in a speculative term. Like, I, you know, I'd enjoy yeah. them, but like we haven't cared about speculating on them since t- about a month into the trailers for Dark of the Moon uh, for this Bumblebee trailer. I already came up with a speculation that's never going to happen. That is way better than anything the movie's going to do. Uh, and I, I've already bummed myself out by doing that. And it was nostalgic to do that. It's been a while. <laughs> and it's the camera following the robot as though the robot's a character and not the camera following the robot as it dives in between missiles in slow motion past a screaming lady yeah yes (laughs) yes (laughs) because the camera's finally treating the robot like it's the main character you know (laughs) it's so weird to say it because it's like you know you can probably find examples where michael bay did it but it's like not nearly as like you can find them. You have to dig for them. You have to dig that out of those shots. The, this, this trailer is full of shots where they're just telling you, Hey, you know what? Transformers are pretty cool. Let's follow this transformer around. It, it's, it's, it's friendly. I guess I would say. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, Seth, we, we also, that's not the only news we got this week. We, we also, it is. We got wow. us a, a little 
uh, one, two, three, four, a little quartet of news items from uh, Tokyo Toy Show. And I forgot to edit the other one's name out of the first one because uh, I decided to make these all separate topics. So it would be a little bit less uh, daunting to dig through all the links. So, Seth, our first thing is Masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron, his uh, painted prototype has been revealed. So now we can see the figure in full color. Um which really highlights the texture of the dino skin. And uh, I got to say, I think it like there's not much to say about it, to be honest, because it's just the robot mode, but now painted. But that paint job is sick. Uh, the way that they painted the robot mode head is is just a touchstone for the look of that Canadian CGI from the mid 90s. Um, the paint job is stellar. And it tells me that they know what they're doing color wise. We still don't know how the thing transforms. We don't know how poseable it is in either mode. <clears throat> but it looks like you can move the eye around. Oh, or the eyes and the T Rex head around. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, the close up of the T Rex head, the the pupil is like pointed like back away from the direction the the face is facing, and it looks like the pupil is just a hole. So like you could stick a toothpick or something in there and move oh around my i'm guessing god i didn't even notice that it's looking up at the photographer uh <clears throat> all right or yeah looking back at megatron yeah <laughs> like, hey i'm not <laughs> just your hand <laughs> put me down <laughs> um so I, th- I think megatron's paint job looks absolutely sick it uh it's getting me hype uh the figure's not out probably till like i think next year oh no it's out late yeah, 2018 yeah. You want to hear what my problem with these pictures are? That a lot of them are sideways? No. Uh, well, That's my problem. <laughs> um, no, my problem is this green light. Yeah. That's very distracting. <laughs> the shots where things are angled to where, like that close-up of the, the uh, Tyrannosaurus head, mm-hmm. um, where the green light isn't reflecting off of it, you could really appreciate the paint job, but so many of these shots have so much of that green light reflecting off of it. It's like, ah, it's like Takara Tomy's really proud of that backdrop they made. And you're like, guys, can you just turn it down a little bit? It's kind of a cool backdrop, but <laughs> it the purple and green aren't a good color combination <laughs> it's just, to begin with. And then it's like, I'm trying to look at the toy and there's all this green all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, a lot of my focus is really was really just the robot mode head and chest, because also those are kind of protected from the green light a little bit in a lot of the shots due to his back uh, backpack. But, um, Seth, I know the Beast Wars uh, masterpiece is not really your thing, but uh, how are you feeling about the paint no. job on this guy? The paint job is fantastic. The paint job is really great. I'm yeah. really impressed with that paint job. Um, it, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to pass on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I saw it cheap enough, I would just leave it in dinosaur mode. <laughs> um, but I would have to find it pretty damn cheap. And he's uh, and probably... I don't suspect it will be. <laughs> no, because that Dinobot that he's standing next to is the height of MP10. Yeah. So this is going to be a very big toy. <laughs> well, it's like if it was on, like, clearance somewhere in the future or something. Yeah. Well, and that's really, I think, just the worst part of I the figure. I suspect it's going to be popular enough to where it's not going to be on clearance. Yeah. 
The, the, the biggest downside of this figure is he is going to be ex incredibly expensive, uh, probably more expensive than Dinobot. That is going to be prohibitive uh, to a lot of folks. What I'd recommend is um, if you like this is where it's kind of like just weigh what you like the most. Um, do you love Beast Wars? Do you really love Beast Wars? Do you do you want this figure more than anything? Skip a whole lot of mainline stuff if you uh, haven't picked it up yet. You know, I don't know what else to tell you. Um the was Dinobot really that much bigger than Optimus Primal? Uh yes. Uh he was supposed to be quite tall in the show. Hmm. Um it's just that the the show often didn't have them really how do I put this? I I don't recall a lot of very scale oriented shots in that show. Um that like kind of lined up the characters in robot mode. But I believe that these guys are all to scale in robot mode, if, unless I'm forgetting something. And I, I may well be. Uh, season 1 Beast Wars is not, like, my biggest recollection of Beast Wars. I just, you know, I like Beast Wars. I like the characters a lot. Um, But what I'm saying is, this is going to be very expensive. Um, All that money is, in my opinion, being used on this figure. I, I can see the transformation is going to be intense. The paint job is intense. You're, I don't think that you're getting ripped off um by whatever the likely high price point of this is but yes it will also suck if you just can't budget in a sole toy purchase of that level and there's nothing wrong with that yeah it's just it is a bummer <laughs> and i feel for folks who are just like yeah I'm, I'm cut off from this uh for the most part it's like yeah that sucks it's uh there's no way around it but um seth we also got some more masterpiece news and Did we? This is probably more up your alley. This is way up my alley because I've been waiting like I think three years for this to happen. Um, they finally showed a great prototype shot that we were not supposed to see, but everyone obviously took photos when they weren't. Dun, dun, dun. Of Masterpiece Optimus Prime version three coming out in uh, it looks like 2019. Uh, so this is a Masterpiece Prime whose robot mode is very animation oriented, i.e. it has the crotch. Oh. Um, it's got the slender, uh, legs. It's got the shorter arms than the legs. So he looks much taller. Um, it, it is a, it is an Optimus Prime who I believe will actually look very good next to MP36 Megatron. Um, this is the Optimus I've been waiting for because the Masterpiece line moved towards very cartoon oriented, uh, robot modes. Masterpiece Optimus and Masterpiece Sideswipe specifically are very, um, at least 50% yeah. toy, if not 60%. There is nothing wrong with that. I think it makes them not look quite as good next to current masterpieces. And also, MP10 came out, um, what is it, seven years ago. Uh, so I, I, I think seven years ago. It was 2011 or 2012. I forgot which. But I'm fine with the new one. And I don't think that MP01 or MP10 suck now. I think that they're both good toys. And I think this one is aesthetically so different. I don't understand the idea of someone seeing it as a replacement. It's, it's, uh, it's just another go. And it is, it is covering aesthetics officially that have not been covered yet. Um, I think that it means there's going to be a lot more interesting transformation ideas. This is, I think this is beautiful. Um, this, this is something that has been needed for at, at least since the release of MP36 Megatron, if not a little bit before, in my opinion. But, uh, Seth, how are you feeling about this? I think it looks really cool and, uh, I'll probably get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just these kind of blurry pictures of a screen gray model. It's kind of hard to get too into talking about it, but it has a lot of potential. 
Yeah. The uh the truck mode looks solid. So uh yeah, looking forward to more. I think the most interesting thing to talk about on this that we can talk about now is if we decide to say that the truck mode's windows are his pec windows and that the truck mode's grill is his belly grill, which I think are both the case. Oh. Uh, the grill, at least, it maybe it's a different part of the sculpt, but I think it's the same block. Uh, I think that the space between the two windows in the truck mode basically gets sucked in under the two windows. Um, I saw a suggestion that the, the blocks under the windows with the windshield wipers potentially fold down. I think that's true. I think those blocks with the uh, the top lights are the same blocks that are uh, on the top of his chest. Like, I think they're going to do some really cool... Um, how did, what do you put it? Very cool tricks to make sure that there is not a whole lot of fake parts on this guy is what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Because um, I think that unlike Sunstreaker and Megatron, who do clever stuff to use fake parts in a way that doesn't feel too bad. Well, Megatron doesn't really use fake parts, but Sunstreaker does. Um, they're both doing a lot of tricks, and I think a lot of those tricks are going to be present on the on this guy, or at least like a lot of tricks that feel like that caliber of trick. But I, if, yeah. I think that they're going to use that to make the windows stay the same and to make all the wheels disappear. I think those are going to be the two big things, um, which which I think is very exciting. That and I also expect he's going to have the kind of more Figma like posability feel that uh, Sunstreaker and Megatron have um, just, you know, slightly more natural, slightly less um, rigid um, feel to the articulation. I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm not saying MP10 is a brick and poses badly. It poses well, uh, but it, it has a sort of a certain kind of stiffness to the way it poses that it, that comes with being toyetic as opposed to animation centric. Um, whereas this Optimus, like you can see in his legs, he's got like that kind of slender uh, animated stance to the way that he just stands there. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about this and I've been waiting for this man. Um, Seth, what do you think? The, do you think the trailer's just going to do its trailer thing, or do you think they might try to slip something cute in there? Uh, I I would only expect basic trailer stuff. Maybe a couple extra flips or folds, hmm. but I kind of expect it just to open and then have that thing fold out. Yep, <laughs> and then roller. Yep, but. And then, you know, if it keeps the price from being 50 or or $100 more to keep the trailer simple, then I'm all for keeping the trailer simple. Mm-hmm. Like, don't... This thing's already going to be expensive. Like, don't make it even more expensive by getting too fancy with the trailer. Because is anybody really hyped for the trailer? No. I mean, the trailer's <laughs> part of it. Like, I want the trailer to be there. But who's, like, hoping that this is the time they get wild with the trailer? (laughs) I think a lot of people want the trailer to be there, and I think a lot of people, until they get the toy, want the trailer to also open and do stuff. I think a lot of people would be super cool if the trailer was literally a a solid sculpted box with rolling wheels that didn't open. Um, Well, it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not going to. It's going to open. It's going to do all the Diaclone stuff. But I'm pretty sure you could see the hinges going down the side. Yeah, absolutely can see the hinges. And and I would be astounded yeah. if it didn't open and do stuff. But I, I feel like if, if one were aiming to make this thing as inexpensive as possible, where most of the money is going into the, the robot, 
I feel like a lot of people would be angry for six months and then get over it if the trailer didn't actually open um, or was just hollow inside. And I think I would be fine with that, too. Um, I'm just like me. That's right. <laughs> that's all I, I open. I'm hollow inside. You put food in me and then sometimes it comes back out. Uh, I mostly just use the MP10 trailer to put spare accessories and paperwork for Masterpiece Toys into. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm not. I like that it opens, but I also can't really. I, I'd be lying if I told you I made use of the trailer a whole lot. <laughs> But I, I can't yeah. imagine them selling them without the trailer. No, there would be there'd be burning cars on the street. There'd be there'd be stores flipped over, entire stores just flipped over, Braun Strowman style. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, would Seth, would you believe that it is, there is hot debates as to whether or not this toy should even exist in in forums? Of course, yeah. Uh, People have to argue about everything. I got I got nothing for that. I I know that a younger me would be doing or or at least be wading into the same threads. So you know, if that's what you got to do, then then all all the power to you. I just I can't really care. <laughs> I'm I'm mildly amused at the idea that in 2018 people are still going like, oh man, they're making another Optimus. It's like yeah, have you have you looked at the last entire history of <laughs> this entire um, project? It's like. They're going to keep making Optimuses. Um, but we'll know more about that hopefully when the magazines start dropping in a couple months. And hopefully they will show us some crisper shots of the prototype. Maybe we'll even get to see how some parts transform. Fingers crossed. Um, Seth, anything else about Optimus Prime 3 that you want to talk about? No. Uh, again, it's kind of too soon to feel the need to get too deep on it. I want to get deep on this next topic which is clear shots of mp36 plus megatron uh so here's the thing they have literally done everything to specifically sink fish hooks into all eight corners of my face to to just drag me towards this toy seth let me run this down for you they they chromed some parts, or at least put a metallic sheen on the right parts. They they colored the right parts red. They tampographed toy sticker details onto them. And then here's the here's the thing. This is the the cherry on top. This is the chef kiss. The gray plastic that they chose has that very specific, slightly yellowed hue that the original toy had. That reminds me of '80s toys that have been yellowed by sunlight and cigarette smoke. That is like completely dragged me into this figure. Um, and then the epilogue is I linked to a specific photo of him, the second link in the topic list due to where the Decepticon logos are on his gun handle. He ends up with a Decepticon logo emblazoned on each butt cheek. Uh, it's, it's like Seth, I I think I'm going to get this thing. They, they, (laughs) they, they literally every single time I started to walk away, it's like someone at Takara Tomi just reached out, actually grabbed me by the shirt and pulled me back and went like, no, wait. But look at this part. Um, I'm not telling other people they should be into it. It's an expensive figure. You shouldn't have to have this on your mind. But I'm, I'm <laughs> damn it, they they did it extremely well. Um, Seth, we're we're seeing better shots of this. We're seeing like you know the whole kit and caboodle about it. How are you feeling about this full look at MP36 plus? Yeah, because when we talked about it before, I kind of poo pooed the necessity for it for me. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but this uh, specifically this picture where he has the like the swirly design on the chest and the old school toy style head looks really cool mm-hmm. it looks really cool i love those old school toy parts um and now i'm kind of like maybe i need this and the one that i have already and the one that i have already could have all those more cartoony looking parts and then this could be like my g1 styled one they're um, they're what do i need that why do i need to do that <laughs> some 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 genius wretched bastard put this thing together cuz like yeah. I'll say it again. There are two extremely high quality knockoffs of this toy that are built better than the original that include the toy face and toy chest that are available for 90 to 120 dollars a piece. Yet (laughs) a year after those things were like out, this has done every specific thing it could to still hold on to me. This is a genius concoction of like the most nefariously beautiful decisions i man okay so well like here's here's where i'm gonna keep my critique going um so like one of the reasons why i would now consider having both to fill or to scratch the two itches two different itches cartoony and g1e itches is like I totally get what you mean about that air quote miscolored style plastic, mm-hmm. like that the yellow tinted plastic. Like it totally works for me on the more G one e toy layout of parts, and I think it looks really bad on the more cartoony part. The it the cartoony parts. I think it parts, looks really bad with the cartoony chest and cartoony head. Uh, the cartoony parts. I'm glad they're there so I can see what that stuff looks like in this color scheme. I would never leave them on. I doubt I'll even take them out of the bag. <laughs> like he's just he's gonna have the toy parts on him. That is the point of this figure. It's yeah. it's cute that they put in the the other three faces in the other chest. Um, I I will never use them beyond a photo. But yeah, like yeah, if 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 I was gonna highlight a downside to this figure, it's that you know if it could have shaved another ten bucks off the price, maybe leave those four pieces out. Yeah. Uh, well, they're probably already in the mold, yeah. sort of a thing. It, it probably would make it more expensive to to gate those bits off. Um, so it's like you know what? Sure, put them in. <laughs> Someone's probably into this. Uh, yeah, this is just a delicious it's yeah i mean it's i'm gonna have to be like staring at order pages for a while yeah trying to prioritize my life (laughs) but uh yeah like it was real easy for me to just like wave this off previously when we talked about it but now it's like man and that old toy parts look really good that that gray is the most perfect pantone choice i have seen in months if not years like it's it's perfect that yellowy gray uh and i i gotta say it one more time i don't mean to harp on this because i like them and i and and i feel that they're an important part of this i i am astonished how much this has won me over with the other two knockoffs out there uh especially when one of them kind of halfways fills this niche 
even though it doesn't have the red or the, the Tampa graphing. Um, it's just like a silvery Megatron with toy parts. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's it. That's uh, audio storybook Megatron. Um, I'm, I'm so into this thing. I almost feel like I have to get it because I got the two knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I already felt okay about getting those because I had MP36 for real, who is different enough from the two knockoffs. I'm, I'm going to, in the future, I will happily justify my four slightly different MP36s, two of which are not legal. Uh, so yeah, hats off. I y'all did it. I don't know how. <laughs> you, I don't know who told you all these specific things you needed to do, but whoever they were, uh, don't trust them. They're too smart. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna backstab you. I'm sure. Um, moving on to to one other thing, which I will say is perfect, even though I don't want it. Uh, they revealed a Takara Tomy Mall exclusive set of figures. Uh, it includes MP10. Oh no. It's not a set. It's three different. I didn't catch this part. Wow. I didn't read the news story. So there's three sets here. One of them is MP10, who's going to be at Wonderfest. One of them is um, Perceptor, Beachcomber, and Sea Spray from Titans Return, Transformers Legends. And then the third one, that, that's going to be a Takara Tomy Mall exclusive. Then the third one is going to be a Unite Warriors Starscream Deluxe, uh, who will be Takara Tomy Mall exclusive and Cybertron Satellite exclusive. But this collection of five figures are the Golden Lagoon Transformers. Uh, they're done entirely in butterscotch plastic with some gold chrome plated parts, uh, and they're supposed to be Transformers who have been in the Golden Lagoon. Amusingly, this is the second way you can get the Seeker version of the Combiner Wars uh, aerial bot limb with the Starscream head. Still not in normal, untranslucent Starscream colors, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, and also, instead of coming with a hand foot gun, he's coming with a hand torso gun from uh, Power of the Primes, which is weird. Um, so yeah, Seth, your first reaction to this without you telling me what you were looking at was <laughs> very telling, which is that you're not sure about this. And that's why I kind of leapt to its defense. Cause it's like, no, no, I'm not getting it either, but I feel like I want to stick up for this set, even though I have no intention to ever buy it. Cause it's like, well, when you started responding as though you knew what I was talking about, I was about to ask, do you even know what I'm talking about? And then I thought about it for a second and realized, well, he knows I was just looking at the topic list and that statement of mine doesn't apply to anything else. Yeah. It doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out what I was talking about. <laughs> Elementary. Uh, but yeah, the Seth, I, all I'm going to say is this is logical and it's an ex it turns out it's a triple exclusive. This is exactly the kind of logical, extremely niche thing exclusives should be. Um, I, I live, I live happily um, letting this pass me by, but I, I understand and respect the niche, uh, and that someone's actually doing it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it not being for me, because being three different Japanese exclusives sounds really expensive mm -hmm. and like a lot of hoops to jump through to get so i'm totally cool with not wanting it <laughs> um i'm fine with them making things i don't want <laughs> um it saves me a lot of trouble and money um but i i'm not mad that they're doing it like i'm not that ridiculous um i'm sure there are somebody out there mad about that they're doing oh boy let me go and scroll through the thread i'll figure it out <sighs> I think it's a 
maybe they could have picked a better Starscream mold for this because here you have all these characters that are very much looking like the episode and then Starscream that's like a radically different shape. <laughs> um, totally different kind of jet, totally different look and feel to his design. That That is like the one thing that I would say I think is dumb. The whole thing's dumb, but at least it's dumb for a unifying reason. Yeah. The butterscotch plastic is terrible. <laughs> the butterscotch plastic is how this thing, I think, can even exist. Because uh, yeah. it's on all the part. A, like, just look where it it's is. Just, it's, it's a crummy color. It, it, but, like, so I hadn't seen this before because um, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but I saw just, like, a completely out-of-context tweet earlier today from somebody saying not all gold plastic has gold plastic syndrome it's a very specific plastic and Mm -hmm. i was like huh i wonder what brought that up and it must have been people freaking out about this thing (laughs) i saw a lot of um people fretting when they saw this saying gold plastic syndrome the box set this thing will crumble to dust etc etc and i was like all right here's the thing i i I did a tweet i think last night or the night before but i was like my my motivation was (laughs) decide whether or not you want to buy this but don't make that decision based on the idea that it's all going to crumble to dust in your hands cuz just you just have to look at them the 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 butterscotch plastic doesn't have swirls all throughout it so it's not going to crumble the the plated stuff certainly will chip if you subject it too much to too much stress just look at where it's placed though look at the placement of the butterscotch plastic it's all in a lot of the the hinges a lot of the foldy bits a lot of the stuff that gets scraped um like the the worst placement I think is on Beachcomber. The balls of his ball socket shoulders are plated in chrome, so th- those probably won't survive super well. Um, but the the last thing I think you're gonna have to worry about is gold plastic syndrome on this thing. Like that that's not the gold plastic. That's like butterscotch yeah. plastic. And there's no way they're gonna use that gold plastic ever again. Well. I'm not saying this is good. I can think of a way they could use it is some person who wants to make lots of money and make a gold thing and also not care about the longevity well, of their piece. I, I don't think Takara Tommy and or Hasbro are ever going to use it again. Yeah. Let me put it that way. If some fly-by-night knockoff company uses it, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, like in an official product. I, I don't think the official companies are ever going to mess with that stuff again. Like, I think gold plastic syndrome could occur again on plastics where just they, they try to do something with a swirl of plastic mixtures and it just doesn't take on a molecular level. So I'd say, like, you know, it could happen. Um, but what we all know as gold plastic syndrome is yeah. very much contained to a very specific era that is in the far past. Yeah. And if it happens again, it's not necessarily even going to be gold. Yeah. It's going to be them trying some new kind of plastic and then finding out a couple years later, uh-oh. Yeah. We did it again. Like, but I don't think they're ever going to specifically use that style of gold plastic because they know better now. Like I've I've heard uh, some I've heard some noise that Unite Warriors Motormaster uses a very odd brown plastic with a bit of a swirl to it. And apparently, you know, I haven't checked mine. I might I might never know. Apparently that plastic has been exhibiting some fracturing um uh, you know, a couple of years later. So it can oh, that sucks. it can happen, but like I don't know. The the way that people treat it as though like someone just uncorked the black plague, you know? 
or like <laughs> like some some ep, some pandemic virus was just unleashed. I'm kind of like, guys, just, you know, <laughs> hold hold your horses, at least understand the nature of it. Right. It's the swirl. That swirl happened to be in a lot of gold plastic, but it's the swirl part that is the the um, it's the well, the swirl and the flake are the things that mix together to make that. I guess even evidenced and without visually seeing either of those things, I feel like, I don't know, like, like I'm going to say again, it could, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's just like to be so afraid of it happening. It's like, it, it seems a bit much. Um, Swirl in the flake sounds like a really bad comedy show from the eighties. Yeah. Well, the pilot, we were, you know, we had a lot of fun with the pilot. It was a lot, maybe late seventies. We, we improved a lot of the lines and, you know, they said there's no, there's no real rhyme or reason to the show, but like we had fun. And isn't that what TV is about? I think that's what TV is about. Uh, anyway, the golden lagoon, you know, if you are going to collect it, hit us up in the thread, drop a line and say, Hey, I'm going to be the one who buys the golden lagoon toys. So wish me luck. Cause you know what? I wish you luck. That, that's or also does expensive. It sound more like an old vaudeville act. Uh, what was it? I'm Swirl. He's Flake. <laughs> We're just a couple of goofy dudes. <laughs> I'm Swirl. He's Flake. Yeah. <laughs> gotta... Hey, Swirl. What's up, Flake? Did you hear what the Huns did? <laughs> they done attacked other countries in Europe over there. <laughs> Overseas sounds like it's full of just lousy things. Swir Are you Swirl or the Flake? I can't remember. <laughs> I think I'm the flake. Oh, You're no. swirl. <laughs> My voice sounds more like a flaky kind of than you. You sound like a wacky swirl guy. <laughs> oh God! Don't ever do that again. Don't. <laughs> don't listen to us. Uh, where am I at? I don't know. I gave up. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I clocked out. I'm lost. I'm lost. Hey, I'm back. We got lost in our characters. It was good improv. That reminded me. Seth, it's good improv. I uh, I I'm ended an up improv watching genius. a bunch of that I MRE guy improv uh, the other night. Huh? Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Talking about about weird wartimey nice. stuff. Um, <laughs> Did you notice how often he goes? Nice. I caught on that he's <laughs> fully aware that it's become a catchphrase. <laughs> is what I'll say. All right, let's go ahead and put all this on a tray. Nice. <laughs> um, I, 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 I was just, I, I gotta, I can't put myself in the mindset of someone. I guess it's just that you know someone checked with the people who would know and figured out it's okay to take like a cracker from the Civil War and go like it's okay for me to put this in my mouth and actually swallow it. <laughs> but then I thought about it and I was like, you know, it's fascinating, and I wonder. I wish. You could go back in time and tell someone, not even Civil War era, but someone from like the 40s. Hey, you on the assembly line, that that uh, little pack of four jelly candies you're making in in just under 100 years, someone is going to at the turn of the century, someone's going to open one of those up and eat it for an audience as a thing that he does <laughs> for a living <laughs> like it's. The the journey some of that food makes for this to be its final chapter, it's not a tragedy to me. It's just it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh also that dude's room has gotta smell terrible. Like, <laughs> like I he put on gloves and a breather and stuff, but when he opened the the Vietnam era can of pork and beans. 
Oh, I have not seen that one. Or when he opens the... I haven't seen him have to gear up to open something. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, he pulled out a hunk of meat from a can from the 50s, and then he left the room to wash his hand... to No, to wash his P-38, his little can opener. When he came back, the mold on the meat had changed color <laughs> and was growing. And he was like, I, he was like, he apologized. It was um, some kind of like meat, canned meat paste. He was like, I apologize, but I can't let this stay in here. And he just like bagged the thing up and like just like disposed of it. And he was like, that kind of mold can get airborne. It can give you all. He started listing off all the things that could happen if he inhaled the air when that stuff was exposed. And I was like, did you not in in this same channel say you filmed this in your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's an aside um yeah i watched him eating a recent chinese air force meal thing mm -hmm. and it was mildly interesting to see what's in a chinese meal kit but for the most part it was kind of boring <laughs> it's yeah i just started watching all the ones that were from the 1950s or earlier um yeah and that's so that's where the money is yeah uh speaking of money we got a listener question here which uh, is it's about buying toys. The money's involved. Uh, is it about finding a hundred dollar bill on the ground? No, I did that a couple days ago. You, oh man, what? Yeah, it was pretty great. I want to find a hundred dollars. Most that's the most I've ever found just laying on the ground. <laughs> that's probably more than a lot of people have found just yeah. laying on the ground. <laughs> Previously, the best I ever found laying on the ground was a ten. Is this like some kind of field of like a hobby I can get into? Is it hard to get into the hobby of finding money on the ground? No, it's kind of a lot to do with luck. Although I did see a thing about a guy in New York City that like digs the dirt out of the cracks in the sidewalk outside of uh, like this uh, big jewelry exchange building because like tiny little bits of gold and dust and diamonds get dropped constantly so like he digs the dirt out of the cracks and then filters it out and like has accumulated like hundreds if not thousands of dollars in gold and diamonds over the years it seems like something that not a lot of people can get into if it is literally the cracks in the sidewalk around this one place yeah and the fact that it's been reported on now it probably blew up his whole spot he's probably hoping to like, did he do an interview or was he just like, was he like, hey, yeah, stop like filming? The, the whole thing. No, the whole thing was about him. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for like 20 years. Why would you? Why would you? Hmm. Maybe he was ready to retire. Yeah, maybe he's maybe set. He's, <laughs> he was done with the business. Hey, he's like, I've priced it out. I actually don't need to ever work again to live comfortably. So whatever. Go go dig in the dirt. Dummies. Uh, no, Seth, we got a listener question from Requiem Prime. Oh, hey. Who says, hello, podcast jewels. I have a question regarding a recent purchase directly inspiring more hunting. I had recently acquired Master Builder's Red Dragon, which is a Transmetal 2 Dragon Megatron. Uh, and while not quite the Beast Wars Megatron to me, my headcanon forum led me to want to complete Unique Toys Orden, which is their Abominus, a team I had abandoned after Fenrir because Fenrir. Uh, Fenrir was Unique Toys version of uh, Sinner Twin who kind of sucked, in my opinion. It's obviously in Requiem Prime's opinion as well. <laughs> Fenrir was probably one of the low points of that set, so I'm not surprised. Uh, so he goes on to say, so I'm tracking down the last two. Sadly, Troll's value has not diminished, so Fenrir can make, keep his job. Um, 
Have you guys ever experienced getting a toy that inspired seeking other toys you'd passed by or hadn't locked in before? Um, and I, I believe this has happened to me with uh, Alternity specifically, which is weird to say because it, was, it wasn't like all of Alternity was out. It was more I, I didn't care about Alternity and I was going to ignore the whole thing. And then after I got one, I was completely won over and ended up getting the whole line. Um, but I was, I was also like, this was within the release of the Optimus and the Megatron. So it wasn't like the whole line had come out, but I had, I was just going to skip alternative and, uh, and handling the toys. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to go for these off the top of my head. That's one I could think of. Seth, has, has it ever happened to you where you picked up a figure and you were like, I think I might go back and get those things. I was going to, I'd, I'd skipped before. Um, not so much in transformers i mean there have been times where i've gone back on things i've skipped but that wasn't so much inspired by like getting something from that line mm-hmm. um I and mean, that has happened with other stuff like like with uh some figmas or or something more to that effect or like with marvel legends like maybe I've taken a break from Marvel legends for a while and then I get a specific character and like, Oh, now I need these other characters that go with that character, but they came out in the past, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Or like with like figure arts, like passing the Romna figures until Ryoga came out and then being like, now I need all of them. <laughs> I was like, gotta get Ryoga. Now I gotta get all of them. I was going to say, I, I, I was really sure that it happened to you with something non-Transformers. If I was thinking Marvel Legends, but I couldn't think of a specific thing. Because like, I, I think it's definitely something that... It can happen with any line, but I think for us, because generally those of us on the podcast tend to at least like... like We kind of make decisions about Transformers, I, I think, kind of as they come out between the the, the f- four of us. like We, we tend to... I just don't I don't know any of us who have really like gone back as though we had just written something off completely because we're all kind of nose to the ground on a lot of it. Like we're staring at that stuff, if if in yeah. part because we're doing this podcast. Um, well, I could see that happening really easy with third party stuff, too. Oh, I've seen that. It's happen like, to oh, it's expensive. So no thanks. No thanks. And then you end up with one and then you go, man, this is so good. Now we got to go back. Like I could totally see that how that could happen yeah i've I've seen people uh, because i'm awesome no that doesn't happen to me (laughs) never (laughs) uh i've seen people do that with some third-party companies where they you know they weren't really caring that much about the stuff they make and then that company made the right character or the right design and then handling the figure someone was like this felt so good and then they'll ask like are there other things like this as well and then usually you go like, well, that company's stuff is like that from this point onwards, because <laughs> that's usually the story for a lot of third party companies. It's like they uh, if you go too far back, you'll start getting into when they had just started and maybe didn't have a deal with a factory or et cetera, et cetera, had different designers. But uh, no, I've totally heard that story. Um, I'm trying to think non-Transformers wise. I'm pretty sure this, is, this has happened to me with uh, with. There was a common Rider toy series of candy toys for Common Rider Exade. I'd ignored them. Then I loved the show. And then I went and got the... It's called Soto. I'd gotten the whole series. But when I got into Soto, Wave 10 of 10 had just come out. So Soto Wave 1 through 9 was this, like, maelstrom whirlwind of, like, diving around through Yahoo Auctions Japan to find all that stuff. And it was... 
it was pretty dumb. That's happened to me. Yeah, that that has happened to me. <laughs> I did that too fast as well. Like I could have probably saved a lot of money if I'd been a little bit more patient. But I thought it was all just going to go out of print because it's candy toys. Um, if uh, this has happened to you, dear listener, uh, this this whole idea that like one thing got you to go back and unpass on some stuff, please share in the thread because I want to know more of these stories. Make myself feel less like a fool because uh, it happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. Even Seth. It happened to him with Marvel Legends and, and, and Ronma figures. You just ask him. Uh, I heard him say it yeah. once. Um, I deny it. <laughs> never happened what about this recording of you saying it fake it's not me it's not me i've been edited yeah. there's editing tricks they reformed my voice from millions of voice samples of my voice yeah they use synthesizer man i mean technically there is enough of us talking recorded that one could probably do that but the, the sheer amount of effort involved i think well stretches beyond any gain of convincing someone that we bought figures because we bought other figures but you know what if someone wants to do it then you know all the power to you um seth that brings us to our favorite segment of the podcast uh did we find any transformers this week no and I uh, think I'm coming to a decision on my collecting right now. Um, mm. I'm putting it all in the dumpster. No. Oh. <laughs> um, There's a better way you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been times in the past where I said I need to, to cut back because of money and stuff. And like that's becoming way more real. <laughs> hmm. And I'm just kind of not that into Power of the Primes. So I think I've made a decision that I'm just going to worry about Masterpiece figures right now. Mm -hmm. And then see what the future holds. Um, there still are some Power of the Prime figures I, I want to get and I'm looking for. But uh, nowhere around here seems interested in restocking Transformers right now. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like, oh look, it's the same stuff. Oh look, it's the same stuff next to empty pegs that have been empty for weeks. Did you see TJ tweeted a TJ tweeted a photo of one of the shelves at his I think it was Walmart or Target. Uh it was like two legends surrounded by like eight to twelve empty pegs and then a shelf full of knockoff transformers on on the floor level shelving. <laughs> And he's like, this has been my the shelf at my Target or Walmart for like the last couple months. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't remember what store it was, but I, I think, did you put a, a photo up as well? Or was it, I got, I've seen a lot of photos no. lately of, of empty racks. And it seems I, like, I yeah, did months ago, like the last time we were in this situation, probably around the same time of year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, don't be surprised if I don't talk about on-topic gets for a while, because yeah. I'm kind of narrowing my focus a bit. I was So, what I was going to say is, uh, it's odd how I'm not narrowing my focus, but also we both have the same amount of on-topic we got this <laughs> week. Like, it's like, you know what, I think that a lot of people are narrowing their focus, whether they want to or not, because no one can find any of the second wave deluxes. Yeah. Well, uh, and by deciding that I'm going to hang back um, on, like, the, the more mass market retail kind of stuff, 
um, makes it easier to consider getting that that Megatron because mm. I know I'm not going to be buying a hell of stuff in between now and then. So, and, and when I said people could dial back their mainline purchases to afford, you know, either of the upcoming Masterpiece Megatrons, it's also like, hey, guess what? Some of you might do that whether you want to or not. Because you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice. You're locked it's, out. Yeah. And then also, if it all does show up, there's only four waves of Power of the Primes, and the, the fourth wave is mostly just one or two extra figures. So... By the time we hit the year end, it's going to be like, if you aren't collecting movie toys, then you have already saved up the money. If you you just pretend that you have toy money every month that is specifically for toys. Um, Speaking for myself, I also still have not found the second wave. Uh, Apparently, some parts of Ontario, it's popped up at a Walmart or two. And the thing about me, and this is when you were saying you're not really into Power of the Primes or excited as much by it. I immediately was thinking, I feel kind of the same way, but mostly because I just haven't found any. Uh, and I think like if I find a bunch of it, I'll probably, you know, get pretty invigorated because I'll have found some, but I also in not finding any, I find, I also just don't want to spend the money to order it online. Like I don't want to, I don't want to go through the hassle of, of paying someone to, who has found it to ship it to me. Cause I'm like, that's more, I don't, if I pay the shipping and also like any finders fee, like now I'm just going to be annoyed by the figures when they showed up because now they're going to have cost all this extra money and they're not like so mind blowing that it's worth it. You know, it's like part of the reward of power of the primes and of generations right now is when you find it, you know, yourself, you find your own way to get it. Um, like, and even like big bad, um, I would then be stuck ordering whole waves when I only want one, figure from the wave in in a lot of Mm. these cases that i'm looking at um because like right now it's like i still really like um the little um pretender guys Mm -hmm. just because like i know they don't do much i know there's like no real variation between them but i just kind of like them um i'll probably get those and then the dinobots and that's that's kind of it for what I'm interested in. Yeah. Like I, I'm down for the whole line. Also, when I say that, that's not all that many more figures than what Seth just said. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like, I, I'd like to collect the whole line and just like, I don't want to go, I don't want to do extra work to collect it, I guess. And I don't know if this makes a lot of sense. Cause I've, I've, I've had this conversation with some folks who offered to help before. And it's like, if, if it ends up costing a whole ton extra just to get it, then I just don't really enjoy getting it. If it's not, you know, a mind blowing, super rare, whatever, like if it's just a normal retail transformer and I did a bunch of extra effort to get it, usually I just kind of feel let down afterwards. So I, I just don't want to go through that anymore. Like I want to just hold off, see if I can find them myself, maybe by holding off so much, I end up finding them during a sale. That would be cool. Uh, if I don't, then I don't, but I doubt they'll be impossible to get in the super long, like five year run. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right now I just, I haven't found any. Um, and uh, third party wise, I do have some stuff that I'll probably have gotten a hold of in a couple weeks, but it's not here right now. Uh, I've been catching up on a few things that have come out now and it was very exciting. So I, I want to get my hands on some of that in the meantime. Um, Off topic wise, uh, Seth, today I got a GoBot. <gasps> a GoBot? What? Yeah, I went to Cherry Bomb Toys. 
did some wheeling and dealing uh, with some of my own stuff, and uh, I got me an on-card, unpunched card. Uh, the card's kind of beat up, a little bit bent, uh, but the hole isn't punched, and the, the, the bubble is sealed. It's kind of yellowed, so I still might knife it open. Um, but I got the uh, the Psykill uh, from Wave 2, or I guess Series 2 of the GoBots, where they recolored him to be black and green. He's often referred to as Halloween's Psykill, because uh, I don't have that Psykill, and I like Psykill. So uh, I got that. Pat myself on the back. Psykill is a cool dude. Uh, And Halloween Psykill is a really good color scheme that I wish was in the show. It's it's, it's a solid color scheme. Black with like super cold neon green. Uh, Looks sick. It's like Tron colors. Yeah. Black Um, and green is uh, one of my favorite color combinations. On the planet. And on Gobatron. Uh... Other than that, uh, I haven't really been like you know doing. I've, I've been shopping around. I've been checking places while I'm out here uh, on the West Coast. It's just there, there's not all that much. The only thing I saw was that our Toys R Us is having a big sale on Transformers thirty bucks and up, which includes Masterpiece Barricade. So I'm just sitting there going like, man, I shouldn't have jumped the gun on Barricade. I could have saved like thirty bucks on him. Our Toys R Uses are having a big sale sale on going out of business. So I heard. It's weird. Like, they, I guess Toys R Us tried to happen in America, and it just didn't work out. But, no. Uh, I guess it was you know. just meant to stay in Canada where it started. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they can try again sometime, I'm sure. Like, you know, I hope, I hope everyone who was working there, like, finds something. Um, hope that people can get their lives together. I hope the billionaires who screw over giant corporations and tons of people's working people's lives and, and livelihoods, I hope that they all, you know, get eaten alive but um maybe before the toys r us here is closed for good i should go in there and do the canadian thing of pooping on the floor and then hucking it at somebody that happened in the west coast too i showed that to my mom uh and i was like we were both trying to figure out like what city so i think that happened in langley which is like a really if i recall right it's pretty high-end like pretty expensive place to live I was like, all right, well, you, <laughs> you, I guess you paid your way into this part of town. You can do whatever you Well, you can't, though. That's illegal still. I think you were still arrested for doing that. Don't what, poop what on I the read, floor. What I read is she's like a known crazy lady. A known floor pooper. Well, and she had done stuff in that Tim Horton bathroom before. Which is mm. why they weren't letting her use or giving her the key or whatever. This, all, you know, where this all starts. This all it starts with ripping up your character sheet and a D and D. Well, according to Alex Jones, <laughs> it started with Starbucks. Oh God! There's a there's a clip and he he's analyzing it and somehow it's all about Starbucks, even though it happened in a Tim Hortons. <laughs> you are. You- <laughs> No, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, that's, 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 are you telling me Alex Jones doesn't know what he's doing? Oh, um, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. It's uh, carefully calculated incompetence. Uh, Seth, uh, off topically, did you get anything interesting this week? Uh, no. Ah. Um, yes, aside from the GoBot, uh, I, don't, I didn't really get anything off topic this week um yeah like i was sick or just coming off of being sick last time i'm still just coming off of being sick this is one of those it lingers for a very long time kind of six 
Like yeah. if my worst day was a hundred percent, I I figure I'm at fifteen percent now. So it's just enough to constantly be reminding you that you're not back to normal. Man, I hope you all recover over there uh, uh, sooner than later. Sometimes you get this sort of thing, and it just yeah. You just have to accept that this is the rest of your life. And then (laughs) then one day you're better and you didn't realize you were better because you stopped worrying about not being okay. But that's led to us like laying low on the weekend. So just haven't really been out hunting around for things. That's understandable. And also you count ordering Dragon Ball Z Blu-rays on Amazon. I mean, that's well, you know, we're almost done. With, with all of Dragon Ball Z, Kai. So yep, I uh, I am I'm waiting for the moment I have it all lined up. I have all systems Goku locked and loaded. I have the episodes ready. I'm just waiting for the the right feeling to want to start that journey. That's how I am with any show. Also, by the way, because uh-huh. people are wondering, I like I'll sit there with a show that I know is good, and I'm just like I have to I have to feel like watching it. I have to have that feeling, you know, that now I'm going to just turn this on. So I'm I'm just waiting still. Um, yeah, I mean, it started because I was listening to All Systems Goku, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Maybe I'll just check out some episodes if I can find them online um, to sort of refresh my memory of what these guys are talking about. And then Amazon Prime had the first three sets. Like, they call them seasons. But it's like each box of blu-rays has three discs in it so it's the first three of those um and then they didn't have the rest <laughs> and so i started watching them and then my girlfriend would just kind of be like uh like whatever japanese cartoon whatever and then started getting sucked into it and then when the amazon prime episodes ran out she was like well now we have to start buying them <laughs> And she's been very invested in this whole thing. Uh, she hates go tanks. Um, for those people who know what that means, <laughs> she thinks go tanks is a terrible character. And uh, we were watching one of the giant bomb um, videos from E3. I, I think it was one of Abby's vlog videos, mm-hmm. and they're holding up Jeff's pink Batman shirt. And she was like, I got to get you one of those. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Those vlogs are still the only E3 videos I've actually watched. I decided this E3, I'm going to spend as much time as possible only taking E3 in through Twitter, Uh um, through people reacting to E3, because it's just really entertaining this way, because I'm just kind of filling in the gaps myself, and it's making all the news more fun. Um, I'm going to go watch the Giant Bomb talkovers uh, later, because that's the only way I really enjoy any of those press conferences is with people i know talking over them yeah i, know I saw the, everybody but. i saw the three over the weekend i i haven't been able to watch today's and i probably yeah. won't be able to watch today's today but it, it was ubisoft and ubisoft is always crazy so i don't want to skip that one but, i heard oh. theirs was also really good too like twitter was telling me ubisoft might have quietly like oh, where other companies crazy <laughs> well, not, not I'm not saying it wasn't crazy, but apparently Ubisoft also maybe where some companies let people down. Ubisoft kind of just went like, "Well, we're doing it," and it's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> Bethesda had a really weird stage. 
Whereas, I heard the stages like, were huh? good. Well, the Bethesda stage, it was like there were two rows of bleachers facing each other, and the stage was this long, narrow thing in between. So, like, when Todd Howard comes out and talks for the big finale, he's, like, wandering up and down side to side on this weird, Ugh. skinny, long stage. Because if he looks at this group of people, he has his back to everybody else. And it's just a weird setup. Uh, there was some cool stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the, hell yeah, Andrew WK performing is rad camp. And not in the what's going on, this is stupid and cringy camp. <laughs> people who think it was stupid and cringy are dumb. <laughs> I, I I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will probably next week when I catch up on everything. Yeah, you know who Andrew WK is, right? I do know who that yeah. is. Yeah, party. Got a party. Yep. Pretty um, hard. Yeah. And like 10 other songs about partying, yeah. um, including this one. <laughs> <laughs> um no, but I thought I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Because so Brad um from England uh had to go to bed because of time differences and wasn't gonna Twin be watching Brad. Yes, and he wasn't gonna be watching the Bethesda and like he had tweeted something to the effect of don't wake me up unless Doom Two. Mm-hmm. And then he is obsessed with that party hard song. And as soon as it starts, I tweet at him oh man, I hope you're watching the Bethesda press conference. And then this morning he replied, nobody woke me up. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote back, Andrew WK was singing a song about partying and what were you doing? Sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up on all this stuff when I'm back in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I have really been enjoying the, uh, Abby's vlogs, um, yeah. because they're also, the, I remember I really years, like Abby. She's cool. Yeah. I mean, that aside, um, years ago, I could live Vinny, without Ben, but Abby's cool. <laughs> year, years ago, Vinny and, and Drew kind of vlogged the process from, I think the last year where they were attending those conferences themselves and like jacking in a video feed to get it for their, for their site. Uh-huh. And that stuff was fascinating, and I feel like Abby's vlogs is finally kind of like re-delivering that to me of like showing the production side of their E3 stuff. Um, that's not the only reason I'm enjoying them. Like, there's also just fun stuff in there, but like that side of those vlogs, I'm finding just really satisfying to watch. Like, um, getting to see what their talk over the press conferences studio looks like about ten feet back from the camera uh-huh. um, is is helping me fill in a lot of gaps in my head <laughs> of what's going on. Um, yeah, they, they're fantastic. Uh, that's the only, only E3 video stuff I've been keeping up with because it's, it's telling me everything I need to know, uh, for now that and Twitter. Yeah. I think the only thing where I'm going to break this is if they announce some new Mortal Kombat stuff, cause I love new Mortal Kombat announcements. They're always so fun. Um, I love Ed Boon. He's like the happiest man in video games still. Uh, he's, I, I love his attitude and I love watching him talk about new Mortal Kombat cause it's always him somehow regressing 20 years in age in his facial expression, just enough to go like, we figured out a new way to have the heads get cut off and it's really cool. And like, <laughs> there's something, but in a very like genuine and like almost childlike way, uh, as opposed to when they're like, yeah, we figured out how to make the gore cool. Like with Ed Boon, it always feels like, no, nah, man, we we tried this thing and now he cuts them in half with his spear and then all their guts 
go through their brain. It's cool. We got a guy with some ooze to make squishy noises and we shot a whole featurette about it. Uh, it's very, very, very film school, genuine kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. The, well, the Xbox one was, was pretty good. And the EA one was pretty bad. I heard. Um, I, ca- I caught some of that. I also caught apparently the Square Enix one was just kind of disappointing. Oh, um, was that today? Yeah, apparently they. Okay. Apparently it ended, and a whole lot of people went like, "Wait, it's over." <laughs> <laughs> you were you 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 didn't show a whole conference's worth. Of st- I don't know what they. As far as I understand, they just they showed some trailers that maybe had already been seen, and then like they mentioned a game they're making by showing the name and linking to a Twitter account with no tweets in it and then a date. And that was it. Um, by the time this podcast goes up, maybe this has all been filled in, but, uh, it's, it's just so weird because EA got so much static for the microtransactions in star Wars battlefront. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were constantly (laughs) announcing these new games, not having microtransactions to huge applause. Yeah, like the biggest and applause of the games... breaks that they got were when they would say, "And there's no microtransactions." Woo-hoo! Well, and then wasn't one of the games like they said, "There's no microtransactions," and then the game said, "If you pre-order it, you get like 300 like airdrops or something." And so it's yeah, like, so there's no microtransactions. Know. There's just microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> also, cheering for cheering for press conferences. It's not like you should never do it. It's just like. 80% of the cheering is for literally nothing. It's like, what was it? There, um, today, there was a whole lot of cheering when people would say the word exclusive. And people were like, yeah! It's like, why <laughs> yeah? Who won? No, None of you won. None of you consumers won. <laughs> well, in Bethesda, Todd Howard says something to, like, I don't remember the exact words, but he says something like, and we're all here at E3 for the same reason. And then a voice from the audience yells out, to get wasted! <laughs> Uh, hashtag weed three um i think we're gonna we're gonna call it there for this episode of wtf and tfw sure, why not? but uh thank you all for tuning in we'll be back with some more talk later on as we get like we we got some cool transformer stuff coming up i think and uh hey who knows maybe one of the four of us will actually find new toys uh hey. it's the ongoing saga you know <laughs> um Obviously, like, we, we still are having enough talk to feel satisfied with the podcast, but, um, of course, there are all kinds of ideas of what we can do to fill in time if we if we run out of things, but we have plenty of listener questions, um, and et cetera, et cetera, so we'll, we'll make it work. But, uh, in the meantime, hope you're all feeling well, and if you're not, I hope you feel better soon, and, uh, whatever you do, please stay safe out there, because we want to talk to you later even though we actually can't well we're talking to you through the podcast we want you to listen to us talk pre-recordedly later It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.